Hello and welcome to all our listeners on behalf of the Wharton FinTech podcast. I'm your host Anchit Gupta, a current Wharton MBA student of the class of 2021. Today we have with us Nitya Sharma, co-founder and CEO of Simple. Founded in 2015, Simple is a technology company that offers pay later solutions in India. Simple aims to build a merchant-first payment network for mobile commerce to simplify payments through one-click checkout, point-of-sale credit, and data-driven loyalty rewards. Prior to Simple, Nitya spent many years on Wall Street at institutions like Goldman Sachs and Bear Stearns in their structured credit teams. It was in 2013 that he decided to move to India and start over. Nitya holds a master's in financial engineering from the University of Michigan. Thanks for joining us today, Nitya. Thanks, Anjit, uh, for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, Nitya, could you start by telling us a bit about yourself and what motivated you to launch Simple? Absolutely. Um, so, a quick background here. Um, I grew up in India. Uh, went to the U.S. to go to grad school. and then ended up working on wall street uh, for almost 10 years first uh, first uh, trading mortgage backed securities at bear stearns uh, then goldman sachs uh, doing roughly the same things uh, and then i was at a distress credit hedge fund in new york city um, by 2013 or 14 uh, i was pretty clear that i wanted to be an entrepreneur uh, and i thought uh, given that i had this background around finance thought i'll start my own hedge fund and what i was fascinated by was emerging markets um, so my first thought was i should be a hedge fund manager um, and i should be investing in emerging markets and given i grew up in india and had some familiarity with india um, i thought probably a good place to start would be india which uh, got me to india quite often uh, in a 2014 2015 time time frame uh, as i was researching the market my parents live here and basically one thing led to another and my bank in india rejected my credit card application um, for a very simple reason that in india i would be considered what is called a no credit file consumer um, um, obviously i understood it technically but emotionally it really is it's, it's like odd to not get a credit card especially you know when you have so many credit cards already and, and you are doing well financially and and when i kind of started looking at it i realized very few people in india actually have a credit card so in the us we all think of credit card everybody has one and 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 so on in india even today only 25 million unique people have a credit card and and now you compare that to about half a billion people with a smartphone connected to the internet uh so i kind of saw that and 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 the other thing that you very quickly notice in india and this is true for a lot of emerging markets is consumer retail is very quickly moving to the mobile platform so people are buying online uh, at a speed that is faster than you know even us and china now uh, uh but 60 to 70% of all transactions are still done with what is called cash on delivery so that means um uh, you 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 buy from amazon or take an uber ride and 70% of times you are actually exchanging real real money uh meaning cash at the point of sale or or when the guy is delivering to your house um uh you can imagine that say uh it's it, it's not scalable it's, it has a lot of friction very expensive to process cash um and basically my initial thought was uh that uh the missing link is the credit card um you know people have bank accounts and and so on um uh, people have prepaid wallets people have debit cards they still use cash on delivery um and i i i felt that the 
you know, because in the US I would use my credit card all the time. So I thought people need a credit card, which is when, you know, the first idea struck me that maybe, maybe there is a bigger business opportunity to, to launch a, uh, a very mobile first app first credit card kind of issuer, like a capital one of India. Um, and, and, you know, as I was thinking about that, you know, fairly uh, non-seriously, honestly, uh, I got interested in payments, uh, which is a weird world. Uh, and, and, and if you kind of like study payments even a little bit, one thing that very quickly jumps out, especially about the credit cards is that the thing that we call the credit card was built in the 50s and 60s. Um, and nothing about the credit card has changed at all between 1950s and today. Um, so whether it's a product, the product experience, the business model, the revenue model, it's exactly the same that was in the 50s and 60s. And, and, and you know, um, you quickly also learn that this credit card business model is really a, 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 a almost like a rent-seeking value chain for merchants and consumers. It charge, charges absurd amount of MDR, which is called merchant discount rate, roughly two and a half, three percent from merchants for every single transaction. And then consumers are end up paying very, very high interest rates for revolving balance and, and late fees. Uh, some total in the United States alone, that's about $100 billion annualized uh, value kind of like taken away from commerce. Um, so, you know, when I kind of saw that and I kind of saw like obviously India where, you know, people, are, people have smartphone, uh, they have all internet, they are buying online and the credit card is not there, you know, felt the opportunity is not to build a credit card, uh, but perhaps the opportunity to reimagine the whole thing, right? Question was, how do you build, how would you build or how would Visa build credit cards uh, in the 50s and 60s had there been today's technology, which is the internet, cloud, unlimited compute power, machine learning, uh, and a sophisticated consumer who's buying on the internet, right? So, you know, that was to me pretty, pretty exciting possibility and, and, and felt, uh, you know, it's time to kind of start a technology company as, as opposed to a hedge fund. Wow. Those are exciting numbers. So, Nitya, who are your typical customers right now and why do they use Simple? How does yeah. uh, Simple differ from the traditional financial institutions like Visa that you just spoke about? Yeah. Um, so, so, as I said, um, so first of all, who is our customer? Um, our customer is a millennial, um, um, urban, English-speaking, um, mobile-first consumer of India. Um, uh, who, who, who's, who, who's born with a mobile phone in their hand and basically lives their life on a mobile phone. So they use Uber, they use Airbnb, they use Google Maps, they use Gmail, uh, they use Spotify, they use Amazon and so on. Um, so that's our user. Uh, these, these are, you know, uh, as I said, young urban uh, millennials who have a job uh, and, and kind of like uh, have a bank account and have no problem with financial services. Uh, where the problem is, uh, they don't have access to credit cards uh, because one problem statement in India is, is uh, credit bureaus are very new uh, and therefore, you know, it's just so early in the consumer credit cycle that most people just don't have history. Um, um, so, so that's one. And the second is, is um, and this is something that we believe uh, is a more of a global phenomenon and just not India, that the young millennial consumer uh, do not like the value system of the credit card. And by that, I mean, uh, credit cards really stand for uh, high interest rates, very, very high interest rates, uh, late fees, and a product that in invariably gets people into a little bit of a debt trap. Uh, consumers expect 
today, uh, whether it's an Indian consumer or a millennial around the world, um, they want affordability, they want credit, they want payments, they want convenience, but they want to be in control, they want transparency, and they expect no fine prints. Um, and in that backdrop, uh, we believe there is this massive global opportunity to reimagine the credit card uh, where um, you know uh, this consumer is already here who has expectations of user experience that they're used to on Spotify, Airbnb, Google Maps, and they also have this your value system around uh, not settling for you know things like you know just like absurdly high interest rates and so on. So that's kind of like how we uh, think about the opportunity for us and and and, and our customer in general. Um, for our listeners, can you talk about Simple's business model, especially in terms of payment terms, underwriting your risk, particularly in a country like India, where financial data is extremely limited? and your relationship with merchants? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that uh, differentiates Simple uh, from any other payment company in the world is um, the fact that we are, we, we call ourselves a merchant first payments platform, but, but, but that actually means uh, something very, very interesting, which is, you know, we deeply work with merchants like no one else uh, in, in, in a way where our kind of mission is to make merchants successful. Uh, and the way we define our mission statement is empowering merchants to own and build consumer relationships uh, one transaction at a time. Um, because of which, um, you know, we have this um, natural alignment with retailers, um, big and small in India, uh, where uh, they, they work with us deeply in terms of onboarding their customers to Simple. Uh, so we are almost like a B2B2C company uh, in terms of business model where merchants take our product, which is an SDK, uh, which is a, uh, a, a mini, mini version of our mobile application and, and basically distribute it to our customer, uh, their customers. Uh, because of that, today we have access to roughly 70 million unique consumers in India. So we are we're already sitting in the pockets of roughly 70 million uh, unique consumers purely from this unique distribution strategy and alignment with merchants. Uh, um, but, but there is something even deeper than that. Uh, because of this um, you know, common problem that retailers in India have around cash and delivery, uh, high amounts of fraud and stuff, uh, we end up being a data cooperative. So merchants also contribute data on our platform. And what we then do is, is use this data, and of course, all other data that exists in the world today, to use uh, you know, basically, um, at this stage, machine learning. So we started with heuristics, uh, then led to um, you know, uh, basic statistical modeling and now machine learning so that we can use this alternate data uh, to be able to uh, create a proxy of a credit score. Um, and that's kind of like how simple works. Um, so a typical credit card would basically uh, start and end at a credit score. Uh, for us, we don't even look at credit score. Uh, and that's kind of like a, we think is a superpower uh, in, in, in the world of tomorrow where, um, you know, credit scores are naturally very backward looking um, and, and, you know, uh, there's so much other data that you can actually look forward a little bit and predict uh, what this customer is going to pay. Um, um, the business model at a fundamental level is, you know, we charge retailers a small fees. Um, currently we charge roughly one and a half percent and there is no fixed fees. Uh, so to give you an example, a typical credit card in the US charges merchants roughly 3% per transaction. Um, plus there is a fixed fees, which is very, very expensive for small payments. Uh, so if you're doing a transaction under, let's say $5 or $10, that small, that, that, that fixed fees becomes very, very large. And then of course there is a 3% on top of it. Uh, 
Uh, in India, a credit card fees would be about roughly two to two and a half percent, and we charge one and a half percent. So we are already cheaper than a credit card. Uh, um, and because you know our business model is such that our customer acquisition strategies through merchants, um, our, our 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 operating model around underwriting is um, largely machine based. Our our cost structures are so low that at one and a half percent we make a lot of money. So that's kind of like how we work, and we're pretty excited about it. Got it. So, Nitya, uh, a lot of our listeners are based in the United States. I think uh, you already spoke a bit about the difference in credit card presence in the two countries, but it would be fascinating if you can also highlight the difference in the banking infrastructure in the U.S. and India. And also, uh, do you plan to scale this to other countries soon? Yeah, no, sure. Um, I, I think that's a the first question you asked is is, is actually a fascinating question. Um, so, so when you look at India, I think there are a few things that are very important to highlight, uh, both from consumer retail point of view, and then, as you said, banking infrastructure point of view. Huh? Uh, and and that, that, that kind of like puts into perspective the wedge that we are looking at. Um, so think about the consumer first. 54% of the population in the country uh, is under the age of 22. So this is the youngest company country in the world, right? So imagine the size of this young urban millennials. And of course, you know, the, the socioeconomic uh, disparity is obviously there, uh, but, but there is a very large middle class that is there and quickly becoming very, very large. Um, they all have the smartphone, almost all of them. So as I said, almost half a billion people in India have a smartphone connected to the internet, right? And as you can imagine, this, these numbers will look double of this uh, within five years, right? So we are kind of like the, in the, in, on the right track. Um, most of these people are native to mobile, meaning they never use a laptop or the computer before. So mobile is where it started and, and that's what people are using. Uh, and naturally consumer retail, retail because of that is mobile first. So, you know, whether it's food delivery or grocery delivery, like uh, the scale of and the speed of what the transformation is so much higher than, and, than developed markets because, you know, the infrastructure around, you know, even physical retail is so poor that everything is just leapfrogging to digital, right? So, you know, that's kind of like the backdrop of consumer retail. Um, on the other side, um, you know, uh, thanks to the government, actually, this was one of the awesome things that the government of India did. Um, uh, and of course, a lot of groups within the government, uh, which was they started building what is called the India stack. And I think it probably started roughly 10 years back or maybe, maybe even before that. What that means is a few things. Um, first is, is um, unified identity. What that means is, is currently, uh, so let's say seven, seven years back or maybe 10 years back, not even a single person in India had a unique ID. Okay, so it was impossible for you to open a bank account, right? So I remember opening my bank account. Uh, it was showing all sorts of proof. Like you have to show five proofs to prove you are you, right? Today, every single person in India, I think about a billion people, have what is called Aadhaar, uh, which is a US style social security number, except it's, it's verifiable uh, digitally through biometrics or through mobile identification, right? So it's a, um, you know, you can, you can verify someone in real time with a lot of precision on a mobile phone, right? So that's kind of very, very, very interesting. Uh, so that's number one. Um, because of that, um, 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 the government of India started working on this mission around what is what they called um, uh, unified uh, or universal banking. Uh, so what that means is, is today, 
900 million people in India have a bank account. So everybody has a bank account. Everybody who is an adult kind of has a bank account and, and they all have a debit card. Okay. And so that means everybody has a payment instrument. Um, and they also have what is called UPI. Uh, UPI stands for Unified Payment Interface. Um, and and the, for the lack of better analogy uh, for your listeners, uh, the best way to think about UPI is it's ACH, uh, which is which stands for Automatic Clearinghouse, uh, except it's real-time, 24-7, and no cost. So basically, money moves between bank accounts in India. Uh, does not matter how small or large it is. In real-time, 24-7, uh, at absolutely zero friction of cost, right? So that's kind of the backdrop. backdrop. But the reality of payments is that 95% of all payments in India, all payments across, across all sorts of retail are still done with cash. And 70% of all e-commerce is still done with cash, right? So, so when you kind of like see that, right, you kind of like see this phenomenal infrastructure there, right? There is this infrastructure around, you know, mobile phones, the internet, e-commerce and all of that stuff. And then on the banking side, this, you know, identity layer, uh, capital money moving layer and so on. Uh, what is missing is the user experience, right? And that's, that's what excites us a lot is, you know, a lot of times in FinTech and so many businesses, building just the infrastructure layers takes so much time and, and you know, these are closed APIs and you have to work bank by bank. In India, all of this is open infrastructure. Anybody can go and start building it. It's kind of the internet of money is what I say. Uh, and, and, you know, that is the big difference uh, between, I think, the banking structure uh, in, uh, in India and US. Um, so, so for instance, right, uh, Venmo of India is an open API. Uh, Plaid of India is an open API. You can, you can come to India tomorrow, start a startup and start using it, right? So that's kind of like how, how exciting it is. And I think um, because of which there is an opportunity to reimagine everything, right? Whether it's investing or lending or payments. Uh, and that's, that's kind of exciting, I think, for entrepreneurs. And we are very excited about, you know, uh, using this infrastructure to reimagine what the credit card is. Definitely. I'm, I'm sure this comes as a surprise for a lot of our listeners that India has um, a fully developed tech stack. Uh, talking about UPI, Nitya, is that a challenge for Simple when uh, looking at resources for uh, revenue generation? No. So we, we use UPI as... Uh, as, as an infrastructure, and that's what we believe, you know, uh, UPI is. Um, and, you know, I, honestly, I, I want to give an analogy here, right? Um, you know, what consumers consume, uh, consumers don't, uh, let me give you an internet analogy, right? Consumers don't consume internet, right? Consumer, uh, consumer consume Google or Google Maps or, 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 or Spotify, right? So no one consumes TCP IP, right? So, so similarly, uh, UPI is a, 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 a obviously a product. At the same time, it's an, actually an uh, infrastructure. Uh, what it what it allows is, is innovation to happen in a slightly more open uh, open way. And and therefore, the way to think about UPI, in my opinion, is think of this as an infrastructure layer. And 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 now, question is, how do you build user experiences on top of it? Right. Um, meaning, UPI allows you to make money, right? Or, or sorry, move money, but the, the, the construct of moving money in different scenarios is different, right? When I'm, I'm, I'm making a payment to a friend for like a Venmo situation, um, the, the, the construct is different and the contract is different versus uh, I, I'm making a payment to an e-commerce retailer. 
uh, and and then more importantly, I'm making a payment on the credit itself, right? So so that's how I I we like to think about UPI. It's an infrastructure layer. It's a great infrastructure layer. Layer. It's open. It's uh, and so on. Um, uh, and it's free. Uh, what that just means is is you're not paying rent to anyone, right? Uh, we have you know we have the liberty to keep on reducing pricing for our merchants uh, because the fundamental infrastructure layer doesn't cost as much. Got it. So. Nitya, everyone these days wants to get into finance. Um, Google, Amazon, all these tech giants. How does Simple plan to compete with them? Yeah, uh, I think that's a great question. And, and as, as you, you know, you probably have noticed that India, you know, obviously, you know, it's very clear. It's not a secret that India is probably one of the most exciting payments market and uh, exciting mobile commerce market in the world right now, uh, which is why Amazon is here, Google is here, and Facebook is here, and WhatsApp is here, and so on. And Alibaba is here, and, and whoever can be here is here. And, and, and then, of course, there are phenomenal Indian entrepreneurs, um, um, the old girl as, as well as new, new entrepreneurs who are, who are building some interesting companies. Um, um, uh, but, 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 you know, um, when you think about fintech, right? I mean, fintech is obviously a very broad, um, you know, area, right? Um, if you look at a bank and you start unbundling the bank, you, you, you get 100 different products, right? Within that unbundling of bank or fintech or finance, um, there is this obviously area around payments. And within the payment area, you know, when you think about payment networks, um, you know, there is one very interesting dynamic that is, I think, very important to highlight, which is to be a real payment network or a platform, uh, you need to be neutral, uh, like in Switzerland, to the participants of the platform. What that means is that you can't be a competition to your own customer uh, in any way uh, now or in the future or even have a semblance of competition, right? So, so think about payments. If you think about payments and you think about, you know, uh, right now or, or the history, uh, the two or three payment, payment networks that come to your mind is Visa, MasterCard and Discover and so on, right? Uh, and, and what you obviously notice about them is, is they are neutral, right? They don't compete with their retailers uh, or their customers and their customers are mostly banks. Uh, so they, they don't do anything that banks do. Uh, so they don't do lending, they don't do anything else. Uh, and they don't com customer uh, compete with their other customers, which are the merchants, retailers. Uh, so they don't compete with Amazon or Macy's or Walmart or small merchants or whatever. Um, and, and that is super important to be uh, if you want to be a platform, um, uh, which is where Shopify is so different from Amazon, where shop, shop and Amazon are, are often end up competing with their retailers, right? Because they have Amazon basics and so on. Uh, Shopify is a true platform, which is like just neutral, just like their, their only incentive is to promote and make sure every merchant is growing and, and there is no conflict, right? Similarly in payments, uh, when you think about, you know, uh, some of the payment companies in India that, that um, you know, uh, in a broader aspect of payments uh, end up competing with us, uh, although no one is doing pay later. So we are, we are the market leader in pay later in India. Uh, and they're just like a couple of other competition we have uh, and none of them is Amazon and Google's of the world or WhatsApp, but you know, they're all trying to do payments. Uh, and, um, um, uh, but one of the things that they, 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 they end up doing is, is obviously if you are Amazon pay, you're part of Amazon, right? Your goal is not to, you know, help the merchant. Your goal is to help, help Amazon, right? So there is obviously a non-neutrality that, that comes with a payment instrument that is built by a, a, a very large, you know, market force like Amazon or Google or Facebook, 
which end up commoditizing merchants, right? And which merchants don't like. Uh, and that's kind of like where our strategy is kind of like very valuable and I think unique, which is, you know, we are taking this merchant first approach. Uh, we, we, and which is why merchants really want us to win, right? I mean, you know, and, and, and my, you know, as an entrepreneur, one belief I have is, is if your customer wants you to win, you will win. Uh, you just have to keep on doing things that they want and just build a great product and price it well and, and, and just keep at it and they will make you win. And that is true for us. Um, and the reason merchants don't want, you know, I guess a competing merchant payment product to win is, is because they don't care, right? Uh, and this has been proven in various markets, right? So if you think about the US, right? Uh, Amazon had built Amazon One Click Checkout, which was patented for decades uh, between 2001 and 2013, I think. Uh, and no one used it, right? Macy's would not use Amazon One Click Checkout or Target would not or, or, or Walmart or, or even the smaller retailer would not, JCPenney or something, right? So um, similarly, you know, uh, adoption becomes a little bit of a problem. So that's where, you know, our goal is to be, you know, a neutral visa type uh, platform, which which empowers and creates work with all merchants. And that's kind of like the cornerstone of our, our, our kind of like product and business strategy. That is definitely inspiring, Nitya. So I understand that right now, Simple focuses on very small ticket transactions. How do you see that evolve from the current uh, pay later model? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I think that's a great question. I, I get that question a lot. And, and, you know, I think people expect that I should be saying that we want to go to big ticket transactions soon. And actually the, re and the reality is we don't. Um, and I'll tell you why, and I will try to answer your, a question I forgot to answer, which was, are we thinking, um, you know, can simple be in other countries as well, right? Um, the reality of commerce today, or the reality of mobile is that there is a secular trend in commerce, which is that in every platform that you interact with, even in the US or in India or in China, uh, your frequency of using that platform is increasing, but the amount of money you spend per transaction or per time of usage is decreasing, right? And so take an example of, um, you know, Amazon, the oldest internet company, right? Or, or oldest um, e-commerce company. Um, you know, when I remember when I used to first started using uh, Amazon probably in 2004 or five, Typically what you do is, is, you know, on a weekend, you'll build up a list of things you want to buy, open it up your laptop or your or desktop, uh, and, and basically fill up your cart and, you know, buy Amazon for like two weeks uh, or three weeks, something like that, and just spend two, three hundred dollars for your entire weeks or months supply, right? Uh, almost like going to Costco. Uh, so that's how people do it, did it. Today, you know, we have the Amazon mobile app and we just, oh, like, you know, we don't, no one is making lists anymore. Uh, you just go open your app and you realize you don't have one thing. You press a couple of buttons and then boom, next thing you know, in two hours, it's in your house, right? So basically, even in Amazon, this, this is happening where transaction frequency is increasing. Um, you're, you're, you're using Amazon perhaps every day or if not every day, every second day. And, and 10 years back, we were using Amazon maybe once in two weeks. But the amount of money you spend per transaction is small, okay? So, so let's, pin, let's put a pin there. Now you fast forward it a little bit more and you kind of like look at newer platforms. Take, take Uber for example, right? Um, when, when Uber started a few years back, let's say seven, eight years back, 10 years back, typically the way we were using Uber was, we would take Uber to the airport, right? Uh, and you know, it would be a 50, $50 ride between uh, you know, Manhattan to JFK and you pay $50, $55 and it'd be, it'd be great, right? And now, we are taking Uber five blocks down for $10 and then we are jumping on the 
jump bike or the Uber bike or taking the bird scooter or whatever for a dollar, right? And, 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 and that is what uh, is happening in every platform. So every platform that you are seeing, whether it is mobility or e-commerce or food delivery or grocery and all these things, people are just picking up their phone and just like, you know, pressing buttons and, you know, they're not even making lists anymore, right? So they just buy things, right? And, and you know, uh, Amazon is Amazon Prime. They don't charge, like, you know, there is no reason to even, you know, uh, have the headache of making a list anymore, right? Now, in that context, the reality of commerce is most of commerce is small transactions. That's a reality, right? And, um, you know, um, in the US, I believe the number is most payment transactions that happen, um, uh, so 85% of transactions that happen uh, are under $10 transactions. So, so basically, most of payment market is actually small payments, right? But the problem with small payments is when you do small payments like under $10 type payments on credit cards, you not only pay that 3%, you also pay in 19 cent, one nine, 19 cent, six fees. Now you do math, right? On a $10 transaction, you're paying a 3%, so that's three, uh, 30 cents. Uh, and then 19 cents is another uh, two, uh, you know, 2%. You're really paying 5% per transaction, right? And then the, when the transaction goes down from 10 to five and five to two and two to one, you know, now you do the math, it exponentially increases to the point commerce is not possible in micropayments, uh, which is why you don't see micropayments. You don't see, you know, people paying uh, 20 cents for a, for a, for a newspaper article um, um, or, 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 or if you go to a bodega in Manhattan or, or a small, small town, right? Typically, they will not take a credit card if you're buying something for under $8 or $10, right? You know, um, the, 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 the existing uh, infrastructure, um, for, for, for better or worse, is just not an efficient infrastructure to process micropayments. Um, or, or, and when I'm saying micropayments, I'm not taking, talking, even talking about cents, I'm talking about dollars, under $10, right? And, um, and, you know, obviously, people are making efforts around it, right? There is, you know, there are crypto, people building crypto networks and you know, lightning networks and all sorts of things. And we think that, you know, the, you know, crypto is a little bit far away from being actually a reality in terms of consumer experience. And we, we strongly believe what we have built is this perfect, um, um, you know, consumer experience where simple is nothing but a centralized permission ledger, which basically accrues these small transactions that you're doing, which you can then settle with fiat currency every 15 days. Um, and, and, you know, by doing so, we are, you know, kind of like completely, you know, moving away from the existing infrastructure of payments, which basically allows us to process payments at significantly lower cost. And we don't have a fixed cost, right? We don't have to charge you 19 cents, regardless of the size of the transactions, right? So that's kind of like, um, you know, um, the, 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 the interesting thing. And, and, you know, so our goal right now is uh, to really focus on these, you know, transactions that people do on a daily basis, because we believe you know, if, if you if you were to extrapolate the example I gave about Uber and Amazon and how people are interacting it, and you kind of like say, oh, what will happen in five years or ten years, and in the world where you know we'll have much more sophisticated watches and goggles and glasses and stuff, and we'll be interacting with the with the world in, in a lot, I guess, augmented reality way. Uh, you know, commerce will transform, and and basically what just means is, is this trend of people just buying, 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 buying all the time, small things. You know, is not going to stop uh, or reverse, right? It's just right. So we believe, you know, we are building a very important infrastructure, not for today, but for, you know, what commerce will look like in five or 10 years. Uh, and therefore, and, 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 you know, the benefit of that is, is that, you know, when, you know, 
if, if consumers are using you for big ticket transactions, then the consumers are not even using you much, right? Uh, but when consumers are using you for things they do every day, then, then you have like almost like a consumer internet platform, right? So that's, we are excited, like, that's what we are building. So we, we, you know, while we obviously will be building products for, you know, things that people will be using, you know, once in a while and not that frequently, but our core platform and core focuses, you know, making sure we are in consumer's life for everyday transactions, no matter how big or small they are. And, and, and that, that opportunity is actually a global opportunity, as I said, uh, you know, where you build a new payments infrastructure platform that actually empowers merchants and give consumers the best experience um, that, that you can imagine at, at, for that platform, whether it's a mobile platform or a, or a, or a augmented reality platform as well. Given where we are, Nitya, and given where the world is, uh, one cannot talk about the current pandemic enough. So in what way has COVID impacted Simple's uh, current or future business strategy? Yeah. Um, um, you know, COVID has obviously, you know, especially in India, COVID has been, um, you know, obviously uh, a, a terrible pandemic uh, from a health crisis point of view, but from an economic um, uh, point of view, um, you know, uh, we are in a strict, strict, almost like lockdown by martial law. Uh, so, you know, um, a lot of people are feeling the economic downside to it. Um, that said, um, um, what is, what, what the pandemic is doing uh, across the board, I think in India and across the world is, is fast forwarding digitization of everything, uh, including commerce. Um, so, so while India obviously is a big market and everybody has a smartphone and, and, and buying online, the, the share of e-commerce uh, as a percentage of um, overall retail commerce is still small because things have just started. So, so if e-commerce started in, in the US in 95 with Amazon or 96 with Amazon, in India it started in 2011 or so, uh, roughly, uh, and only extended four years back. So there's a long trajectory here. Um, um, but I think what the pandemic has definitely done is, is shock the system into going online much faster than, than it would have happened, uh, especially around you know, certain things, right? Obviously we are on Zoom right now. So things like Zoom and digital uh, communication and uh, the, those uh, media and so on. Uh, and that is true for commerce. Um, so, you know, commerce is moving to mobile and e-commerce at a speed that probably would have not happened and definitely would not happen had the pandemic not happened. So that's actually, you know, from a pure, you know, business opportunity point of view is terrific uh, for anybody who's in, I guess, digital commerce, right? Now, within digital commerce, the subset of digital commerce is digital payments, right? And within digital payments, as I said, um, um, you know, in India, um, you know, there was 70% of people were still using cash, right? People were actually using real rupees, um, bills at the point of delivery. And, and because of the pandemic, we are seeing this natural change in consumer behavior, which is, you know, uh, currency obviously now seems to be unhealthy and infectious, right? Uh, it could be the vector to the virus. And, and people are not wanting to use cash anymore, right? Uh, which, which for anybody in digital payments uh, is, is a terrific time, uh, right? So we are very excited about this opportunity. We are obviously um, careful about um, the environment. I mean, it's uh, obviously complicated. We want to make sure we are um, uh, responsible about um, growing uh, responsibly, but, but we, we, we are very excited about this opportunity. Um, in my view, um, you know, uh, I think all of us around the world, including us in India, um, will 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 have a lot of uh, unfortunately economic turmoil that we'll have to navigate through as startups, as retailers, as as, as business people uh, over the next 
you know, 18 months or 24 months. Um, uh, and, 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 you know, I think it's our responsibility to make sure we are very, very responsible there and make sure we get out of, you know, get on the other side. But I, I feel the other side looks very, very exciting uh, where, you know, this will be a lot, lot more uh, dig bigger digital future, a lot more natural digital future where, you know, it'll be natural and normal for people to buy everything online, right? So, you know, that's, that's kind of like what I'm um, seeing and kind of like uh, pretty excited about. Thank you for all those honest insights, Nitya, uh, and for your time today. It was a pleasure having you on the show. All the best to you and to Simple. Thanks, Anjit. Uh, it was great talking to you as well. And thanks for uh, having me on the show.